0: This is Lyric's Fantasy Adventures. Episode 1 Into the Unknown by Lyric Milligan. Drath peered down the damp, musty cave. He heard water dripping from a corner. Then he heard what he was looking for claws scuttling across moss covered stone. He sighed deeply. "'I know! You're in there!' The scuttling got more frantic. It sounded loud, like the creature was large and afraid. Draft stepped down into the cave. He held his sword above his head and then brought it down on a nearby rock, letting off an echoing clang. The sound scared the creature and sent it tearing out of the rock. The... Drath the- tripped the creature as it ran past him, and began dragging the massive spider out of the cave, through the surrounding wetlands, and back towards his house, complaining all the way. Drath, do this! Drath, do that! Drath, go get your little sister's hunting spider and give it a bath! Just because I don't want to be a sorcerer, I have to do everything around here! Drath turned to the spider, inexplicably named I Eat Unicorns, by Drass' little sister when she was five. (laughs) Do I get a hunting spider? Moon's plenty, they say, but no. Moon was the world's most pitiful excuse for an eric spider. Despite being twice the size of a normal member of his species, he produced half half as much eric venom, a potent healing potion, and never when you wanted him to. He had ruined six backpacks, a suit of chainmail armor, uncountable lunches, and once, Draft's perfect ink-black hair. But, despite his flaws, Drath felt a strange affection for Moon. And, of course, without Drath's ownership, Moon would likely face death under the Spider-Master's sword. Drath heard a shout from above, Hey, kid, drow, get your miserable butt out of Lightwood before I kick it out! Lost in his thoughts, Drath hadn't noticed the change in scenery. He was a dark elf, part of a line of noble warriors and great heroes. But dark elves, as you probably know, have a reputation for evil that precedes them, forcing them down to the lowest corners of society. You can't like, even like spiders around here without being deemed evil. And that's where Lightwood comes in. In the Queen's Wood, an ever shifting elven court, each race of elf gets their own piece of land. And Darkwood, where Drath and the other Dark Elves live, was by far the worst. It rained all the the time, was full of weird, gross mushrooms, and smelled bad. And if, by innocent mistake, you ended up in Greenwood, Lightwood, or Archmage-forbid Thronewood, may the gods be on your side. Drath looked up at the treehouse the angry voice was coming from. He saw a High Elf clad in an ornate tunic, shaking his fist. Drath shouted back, Oh, go fall out of your stupid treehouse. But Dreth was smart. He knew it was pointless to argue. So he dropped the heavy hunting spider and began to run blindly. I eat unicorns followed him out of sheer panic. Dreth ran and ran, jogging over light streams and once through a shallow river. However, Soon, he tripped over a log and splashed face-first into a shallow, duckweed-filled bog. That's how he knew he was back in Darkwood. As he climbed out, he saw a glow coming from a pit nearby. A ladder snaked down into the pit. Draft stood up and tried to brush the swamp muck all- off of his already muck-green armor. He shouldered I eat unicorns, walked to the pit, and tried his best to climb down. Inside, it was warm and dry. He saw his mom who was stirring something in a huge pot. His mom looked up. "'You're tracking marsh mud into the house! "'How many times do I have to tell you "'to take off your armor before coming in?' "'Give it a rest, Mom. "'The... "'Where has... Draft side? That's easy to fix. "'Why don't you get me some armor "'that doesn't look like someone kicked it around "'for a few years? "'You should be glad I got you any armor at all. "'You know, sorcerers don't need armor. "'Give it a rest, Mom!' Where has Nala wandered off to? She's the one who should be tracking down her stupid spider. Your sister is in Greenwood. Greenwood? What in the Dragon Empire is she doing in Greenwood? Some adventurers came by the other day. They got drunk on dew wine, even though we told them not to. They wandered into Darkwood, even though we told them not to. They killed a few riding spiders, even though we told them not to. And now, the Spider Master is out for blood. Nala's down there trying to keep things from getting out of hand. It took Drath a moment for that to sink in. Then it hit him. Adventurers! This was a chance for him to finally see some action! He raced around the cavern, snatching up his pack, sword, crossbow, arrows, and moon, who seemed upset at this development. Then he scrambled up the ladder and back towards the marshy path towards Greenwood. Didn't take long for him to notice the squabble. On the border between Greenwood and Lightwood... A circle of young sorcerers, Nala among them, were, were casting a mage barrier spell, which created a shimmering wall separating the two groups. On one side, the adventurers were cowering together. They were mostly humans, with one holy one among them. Most of them had paladin insignia. All of them were too terrified to move. One of them raised a shaking hand. "'We didn't mean to cause any trouble. We just wanted to explore. "'I thought humans were, uh, loud in the Court of Stars.' "'And on the other side of the wall stood the Spider Master, an imposing drow woman. "'She was brandishing a lance with a tip made of a dripping spider fang. "'And as if that wasn't scary enough, she was mounted atop her favorite spider mount, "'a big venom smite named Warrior, who she had raised from an egg and who would follow her into the abyss.' the Spider Master was jabbing at the barrier with her lance and bellowing at the quivering sorcerers. What are you doing? Let me get at them. We can't just let adventurers wander into the court willy-nilly. Next thing you know, we'll get the Crusader lackeys and then even raiding parties. And they hurt breadstick. Let me at them. Drath instinctively backed away from the scene. When the Spider Master's wrath was incurred, pity all who got in her way. But... He was also strangely interested. These adventurers were new, and he knew they could be his ticket out of the Queenswood and into the real world. Drath approached the adventurers, trying his best not to be noticed by the Spider Master, who was still screeching at the sorcerers. He approached one of them. On closer inspection, a huge gash was revealed on the adventurer's arm. A small smile crossed Drath's lips. This was his time to be a hero. Drath pulled one of the vials of eric milk out of his pack. He pulled out the stopper and touched a drop of the milky white fluid to the adventurer's lips. To Drath's dismay, a grimace of pain crossed the man's face and the gash on his arm widened instead of shrinking. Nala, seemed to noti- seeming to notice Drath's distress, left the line of sorcerers and walked over to where Drath sat. Drath! Are you trying to kill that poor man? Drath looked up. Uh, I'm sorry. I thought, I thought it was a healing potion? Please tell me what is going on. Drath, you're so green. Eric Milk only heals drow. For everyone else, it's poison. Get a clue before you kill someone. Nala returned to the line of sorcerers, and Drath slunk back into the shadows of Greenwood. Nice adventurer he was turning out to be. Five minutes in, and he was already nearly killing people. And then, while wandering among the wooden dwellings of the, well, Wood elves, that it hit him. Of course he couldn't become a world-class adventurer just sitting around Darkwood feeling sorry for himself. He had to see what was out there before he could try to adventure in it. And he knew just where to start. Hall. here I come. Chapter Two Okay. Turns out that Dracon Hall is way farther from the Queen's Wood than you'd think. Drath had planned his journey out to the last detail, right down to the cost of a small tavern brawl. But, somehow, he had completely missed the huge distance he'd have to travel. Following a large road that led more or less in the right direction, it would take him days to reach Dracon Hall. Drath was sure that real adventurers didn't take long hikes like this, But for now, it was the best he could do. To pass the time, he consulted some of the books for more information on his destination. Drakenhall, City of Monsters, Visitor's Guide. Visitors are advised to leave Drakenhall after 30 days to prevent permanent physical and mental change. History, Drakenhall is the fifth city built in the Dragon Empire. It is ruled by the three, primarily the blue. In case you've been living under a rock, the three are the dragons with the most power in the Empire, the red, blue, and black. The blue was granted rulership of the city and a truce with the Empire in the Tenth Age. Current Information Dragonhall is the least governed city in the entire Dragon Empire, which is kind of saying something. Though the blue attempts to maintain order, the black rules much of the city, resulting in pockets of power for the Prince of Shadows. Quite a bit of the city's in ruins, and dangerous magical experiments and sketchy trading abound. Drakenhall is a city for outcasts, thieves, cults, monsters, and thrill-seekers. Visit at your own risk. Places and times to visit. Drakenhall uses the old calendar, so use that to plan your visit. Go around the Coral Festival for the spectacle of your life, if you're prepared to pay through the nose for in fees. Most places in Drakenhall are unmapped or shifting, so you never know what you might find next if you explore. It's best to stick to the mapped regions. If you venture beyond, bring a sword and at least a little magical skill. Other information. Beware, the statue of the three at the gates spits actual fire. People, mostly tourists, are barbecued daily, and the blue almost seems proud of this. Drath turned back to the path ahead and sighed. He had a long way to go, and he didn't know how to use his sword. The Twisted Tail, an inn on the eastern side of Drakenhall, was full. It was practically bursting at the seams. Inside, ale was being drunk and bets were being placed, but all eyes faced the center of the tavern. It wasn't like action was scarce in Drakenhall, but action this unfair was rare indeed. In the center, a ring had been formed. Inside the ring, a fight was beginning. It was five against one. On one side stood five fully armed adventurers, each clad in sparkling armor and wielding menacing weapons. On the other, a single figure stood. Obviously inhuman, horns curled from their brow, claws stuck out from their fingertips, and fire glowed in their eyes. They weren't armed, but it was obvious that they didn't need to be, As the crowd looked on in silence, the figure raised one blood-red arm. "'Is this why you called me here? I have better things to do, you know.' Across the barrier, a small human woman wearing a crown of demonic runes shrugged. "'I figured I had to feed you in blood or something.' "'Oh, please. How many times do I have to tell you I'm not that kind of demon?' "'What have the other summoners been telling you? I worry sometimes.' "'We don't talk much.' The rest of the demonic summoners are, you know, evil, and have evil demons. The crowd was getting restless. A dwarf cried, just fight already! It was obvious something had to be resolved, and quick. The demon turned toward the adventurers. Listen here. The only reason any of you are still alive right now is that Jenny has a summoner's meeting in four minutes and can't afford to be late. So get out of here now! And don't let me see you again. Mm -hmm. The crowd groaned collectively as the terrified adventurers fled the inn. The demon sent a a white-hot blast of hellfire after them. Then the demon faced the crowd. You're next in five... four... three... The inn set a world record for fast emptying. Soon, everyone was gone except for the woman. The "'who was cowering in the corner under an upturned table. <laughs> "'The de- the demon walked over to her and wiped a smudge from her face. "'What are you doing? You're late for the meeting!' "'Chapter Three. Dreth plopped down on a log along the road. "'He couldn't walk anymore. "'His feet hurt. "'He was still stewing over the events in Greenwood.' and he still had several miles to walk to Drakenhall. And even if he managed to get there, he had no idea how he would survive what he was quickly realizing to be one of the most dangerous places he had ever been in. He had to face it, he was stuck. Then he heard a shout from behind him, "'Are you in a rut? Do you wonder what to do next for your li- "'In your life, find salvation in Santa Cora. "'No matter what gods-slash-gods you prefer, "'you can find them in the City of Temples.'" Draft's first reaction was annoyance. These pamphlet hawkers were everywhere, trying to rake in tourist gold pieces. He was nowhere near Santa Cora, and yet here they were and then it hit him. Why walk to Dragonhall when you can get possible instant transport to Santa Cora? No <laughs> plus the city of temples didn't sound any like anywhere he could possibly get killed He He got it from the log and began chasing after the shouter with renewed vigor. Come back! Come back! I want to go to Santa Cora! The pamphlet person didn't seem to be used to people actually wanting his pamphlets, so he was stunned as Drath chased him. He threw a handful of pamphlets over his shoulder and began to sprint back down the path. Drath snatched a few out of the air. He tore one open and began skimming it. The pamphlet was the usual touristy stuff about the grandeur of the cathedral, the many festivals, and all the myriad religions practiced there. There was lots about the priestess, more about the gods of light, and, disappointingly, not a word about instant teleportation. Drath sighed. If Santa Cora was off the table, his only option was to continue on to Drakenhall. It- And if that meant wearing a hole in his metal boots, so what? He was willing to do anything but return to the queen's wood. He pulled out his short sword and did a few practice swipes. He would get there, and he needed to be ready. The Summoner's Capitol building stuck out on the busy skyline of Drakenhall. It made no effort to stay hidden, its high, domed roof protruding, and its huge windows adorned with stained-glass renderings of demons and their masters, It was an imposing place for an eighteen-year-old to enter with nothing but a crown of the Diabolist and a satchel full of, well, everything. Jenny had no idea what to expect. She didn't even have her demon, whose support she was kind of relying on. She brushed the third ring from the left on her crown, and made one last attempt to make contact. "'Hey, Hellkeeper! I know you're supposed to have my back, so can you come and help me? Please!' A scratchy voice came back from the rune. Jenny, abyssal communication lines are a little shaky. They can't hold up to the kind of abuse you're giving them. And I think you can handle this yourself. The rules are clear. No demons at the summoners meeting. Hellkeeper out! Real helpful, Jenny grumbled. Having a Hellgate guardian as a demon doesn't matter if he's never there when you need him. Jenny slowly eased open the large doors. Inside, it was dark, with only a few shafts of sunlight illuminating her steps. At the other end of the huge high-ceilinged room, another light was burning. Immediately recognizable to Jenny as Hellfire, the light was coming from the horns of a demon. A demon, who was accompanied by a wood elf, Jenny's age. (laughs) Zena! Jenny cried. Then she looked up. What's Death Nell doing here? I thought demons weren't allowed! Zena looked at her oddly. Of course demons are allowed. It's a summoners meeting, not a paladin guild. Who told you demons weren't allowed? Jenny tapped the communication ring again. She waited as it buzzed to life. Then she shouted, "Hellkeeper! If you ever find yourself at a demonic party, it's assumed you want to be to be there. Officially, demonic parties are only allowed with Diablo's permission. It is assumed that demons have better things to do." This does not, of course, prevent demons from throwing them anyway. Many demonic parties are rough, bordering on unsurvivable. Many demonic parties are rough, bordering on unsurvivable. It takes a very strong alcohol to affect demons, and lots of it, so thankfully, a drunk demon is a rare sight. But any amount of alcohol amplifies demons' natural chaos magic, often resulting in disaster. "'Mortals are not barred from participating, but the sites chosen for the parties—the red wastes, hellholes, the abyss—prevent all but the bravest from even coming near. "'When Hellkeeper entered the party through a makeshift teleportation gate, fashioned out of paint and a broom handle, he knew it was going to be good. "'The magic in the air was strong, and someone kept summoning a chaos beast. "'Although he did want to look out for Jenny. "'He had been planning this for weeks.' He was sure Jenny could get along on her own for a few hours. He walked outside and sank into a hot tub full of lava. He noticed two other demons in a magical duel and ready to spell to knock both of them off their feet. Then he felt that tell-tale buzz in his ear. Cursing under his breath about smashing Jenny's crown of the Diabolus to pieces, Hellkeeper clambered out of the hot tub and walked to the corner of the deck, obscured by a giant ale barrel. As soon as he reached it, the communication crackled. Explain yourself. What do you mean? Hellkeeper asked, playing dumb. Xena informed me that demons were not only allowed, but required at the meeting. So stop playing dumb and tell me where you are. Is that a chaos beast? Hellkeeper gave up. I'm at a party. There, is that enough? It depends on where you're at a party. Any gates? No serviceable ones. So? Where are you? Hellkeeper took a deep breath. Hellmarsh. Hellmarsh? You're at a party in Hellmarsh? You lied about the meeting so you could go have fun with your demon buddies. I swear, Hellkeeper, if you don't teleport over here right this minute, no amount of magic will keep me from kicking your stupid demon tail so hard it's between your horns. Clear? Uh, okay. Jenny got a bit scary when she was angry. Hellkeeper immediately began laying the groundwork for his teleportation spell. Chapter 5 The walls of Drakenhall towered over Draf as he leaned against them. He hadn't much to do. Moon scuttled back and forth across his face and shoulders, till he was tossed a piece of beef jerky. Draf stared up at the moon. "'Just my luck.' I finally reached Dragon Hall, and of course it's the middle of the night. What am I going to do? Stand here until daybreak? I don't think that will be in order. Draft nearly jumped out of his skin. He hadn't really been expecting an answer. He peered around, trying to make out the source of the voice. Then he saw it, a scaled figure creeping into the shadows. If I only had a hunting spider now, he thought. He pulled out his sword and waved it around a bit, hoping to scare whoever it was away. I think we scared him. Should we come closer? Multiple voices? He was outnumbered! He got ready to sprint away. Then someone bumped into him. Out of instinct, Drath whacked them on the head with the nearest object, the flat edge of his sword. They fell down, and Drath could make make out that they were not really scaled, just wearing scaled armor. The fall of their comrade brought the rest of the group out of the shadows, and Drath could see that they were all humanoids, wearing similar scaled armor. Someone... Drath turned and bolted, but the group quickly caught up with him. He was tackled into the dirt. Someone sat on him. "'What's the b-big idea?' Drath wheezed. "'You know very well. Don't play dumb. Why would I do that?' "'Because you're a criminal. Criminals do that, right?' Drath's accuser turned and asked another member of his group. "'Bertie, criminals play dumb, right?' "'Pretty sure.' "'Good. "'Anyway!' "'Slow down,' said Drath. "'What did I do? "'Why am I, cu- why am I, a, cli- why am I a criminal? "'I demand a fair trial.' <laughs> "'Bertie, remind me what he did.' "'I'm not sure, actually. "'Actually, I'm not sure either.' "'Drath's accuser climbed off Drath's chest, "'and Drath was finally able to get up. "'I apologize for our mistake. "'We're rather new to the city guard, you see. "'Wait, you're the city guard?' "'Not exactly.' "'We're the order of the scale, "'and we've taken into our hands the responsibility "'of clearing Dragonhall of its crime problem. "'We never received actually actual training, "'as is probably apparent.' "'Draff brushed himself off. "'Then something occurred to him. "'If you're the city guard, "'could you let me in to Dragonhall? "'It's rather inconvenient having to wait around outside. "'I'm sorry, we lack the keys to the gates.' "'and you're probably better off outside Dragon Hall than in during the night, anyway. "'Say, would you happen to know anything about city guarding?' "'Diraffe hastily said no, and walked to another gate to wait for sunrise. "'He unrolled his bedroll and lay down, "'before realizing he was directly in front of a huge bronze statue of three dragons. "'He hastily scooted about ten feet away, just to be safe. "'It wasn't like Jenny expected her demon to be perfectly honest.' But showing up without a demon could get her kicked out of her, of the guild. And Hellkeeper wasn't about to be sneaking off to parties again. Jenny made sure of that. <laughs> As Jenny and her demon walked into meeting room 52, they were prepared for anything that might happen. Or at least, they thought they were. <laughs> Welcome to the 45th annual summoner's meeting, the chief summoner droned. I hope you all find this an interesting, useful, and enjoyable experience. Immediately, Jenny's mind began to drift. As the chief summoner droned on and on, she peered up at the stage in the front of the room. And Jenny remembered. Summoning your demon, your first demon, is the most important act of a summoner's life. Jenny repeated her teacher's words over and over to herself as she approached the really just an embellished teleportation gate summoning circle. Her mind raced to remember the instructions, and her hand raced to keep the ill-fitting crown of the Diabolist on her head. She repeated to herself. Touch the fifth rune for the right. Focus! Channel magic carefully. Focus! Call the demon up with your heart, mind, and soul. Focus! Her teacher taps the wand impatiently. Jenny, shaking, tries to follow the instructions, but keeps messing up. She feels something rattle in her bones. She takes a deep breath and begins to carry out the more complicated steps, drawing runes in the air and moving her feet to stay on the just the right line on the ever-shifting circle. The rumble gets stronger. She feels it shake her, so much she nearly falls. As she fights to keep her bounce, she sees something. It appears in the circle, and it speaks its first words to her. Are you kidding me? This is when I get summoned? <clears throat> A crash drags Jenny back to the present. She is immediately startled as part of the domed ceiling disappears above her. There are gasps and screams from the other summoners as a huge floating ship? Flying realm? Levitation spell? Appears to fill the gap. Mounted atop the front of the whatever-it-is is is a female human wearing armor covered in spikes. She is holding a flag emblazoned with the blood-red sigil of the Crusader, and she is grinning evilly. I don't know how long you thought you could hide from us, but your time is up. You have five seconds to prepare before we crash your demon party. This has been Lyric's Fantasy Adventures, Episode 1 by Lyric Milligan. Watch for Episode 2, coming soon.